Christmas. Listening to a podcast on Christmas because everyone's driving you crazy. The sun is green. The snow is white. The moon is down. And the mud is brown. Simply reviewing the 25th, 25 best, fuck! (laughs) The 25 best Christmas songs. As according to whom? The Rolling Stone. Ooh, to the Rolling Stones, so Keith Richards has opinions. Welcome to Who Killed the Radio Star. This is our, this is, I wanted to do something, something for Christmas, and this is what we're doing. We're going to talk about the greatest Christmas albums of all time. I have an article here by the Rolling Stone. This is according to them. Can't do nothing. Gotta do something. Gotta do something. Gotta do something with the ho-ho. In life. Ho-ho. And I think, and I do think that for people who hate Christmas and don't do anything, I think you gotta do something. You got, you got, hey guys, you gotta do something. You gotta do something. It's a little weird. I find it weird when people are, like, not into Christmas. I get there's, like, usually, like, some extenuating circumstances there, like. Usually usually yeah. some trauma attached to Christmas. Yeah, like, you uh, know, sad, sad mom. Got sad mom. Got sad, sad dad. mom. Explosives in the house. Uh, sure, yeah, some sort of, you know. Maybe you got uh, some dynamite in the basement. You know what I mean. Oh, hello. Maybe you had poop poured on you during Christmas. <laughs> Maybe you were just out on the Chicago River skating. Which we actually have an update from last week with the Dave Matthews poop scandal. We do. That Tyler's fiance, who works in music, interacts with a lot of people on tour, actually worked with somebody who was on that tour bus of Boyd Tinsley. <laughs> and he said... That, uh, you know, there's lots of misreporting out there with uh, all sorts of things that go on in the industry and whatnot. Fake news, bro. Lots of fake news, but in this case, it was 100% accurate. It was about as accurate This guy said uh, that he had looked at the gauge. He did say this. And it said 800 pounds (laughs) on the 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 shitometer. He did say this. (laughs) And the eject button was just flashing. (laughs) <laughs> it, you know they were at critical mass if they did not eject that shit at that moment that bus would have blown up and shit would have rained down on all of the chicago land area merry christmas oh ho, ho. so we're going to talk about the top 25 christmas albums starting at 25 according to rolling stone magazine yep what well, do we got this is rollingstone.com yeah okay same thing kind of Number 25 is Weezer. What? A Weezer Christmas. Oh boy, this list is going to suck ass. From 2008. Is this like the top 25 rock Christmases? It's the Rolling Stone, man. Weezer's Christmas? Yeah. 2008? Yeah. So, like what? Like, you got a couple covers on there. You got fucking, like, Little <laughs> Drummer Boy. And then you got, like, a couple originals where, like, Rivers is just fucking ra- uh, rapping. Rivers is singing about how much women have betrayed him around the holiday season. You have O Come All Ye Faithful? Oh, yeah. I like that one because it kind of sounds like sexual, you know? That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Lots to say about Weezer. Number 24. Here you go. We'll mix it up. It's not all rock. This is Christmas Joy in Latvia from a Latvian Christmas Kanatas. What? In 2012. <laughs> okay. So this is definitely not going the direction I thought it was going. 
But this is interesting to me. This is something I may have to uh, throw on the playlist for the Christmas party this year. <laughs> Latvian La- Christmas. Latvian Christmas. It's a collection of carols done by the New York Latvian Concert Choir. <laughs> so it's not even made in Latvia. <laughs> well, no, it's New York. New York, New York, Christmas. And it's uh, conducted by 74-year-old Andreas Janssens. Yeah. Fun fact like about that? Latvia. Like, yeah, I said that. I did. You nailed it. Give me a fun fact. Fun Christmas uh, fun, fact. Fun fact about Latvia is all of the native last names in Latvia end in an S. Really? Yeah. Like Janssens. Like Janssens. In fact, I think a lot of the first names also end in an S as well. Uh, I know this from being a hockey fan, hmm. that um, all of the famous Latvian hockey, well, most of the Latvian, famous Latvian hockey players have first and last names that end in S, like Sandis Ozolinch, and, uh, well, I just thought about Archer's Urbe, definitely doesn't end it in S in that last name, but a lot of Latvian last names, most of them, I believe, predominantly end in an S, and a lot of the first names do too. Well that, well, that is fascinating. It's not uh, Christmas-related, so I'm going to balance bit. the scales with a fun Christmas fact. Okay. Okay. Celebrating Christmas used to be illegal. In? So number 23 <laughs> on the list. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Skipping past that. Is Jacob Miller, Natty Christmas. Ooh. Is that like natural Christmas, or is that like natural light, like the beer? Well, number 22 <laughs> <laughs> is Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves, all the little squee girls love Sufjan Stevens. Songs for Christmas from 2006. Well, that's a good album, actually. Well. I heard that played when we used to work at a record store. Some of the squee girls would put that on. There's a song on it called Come On, Let's Boogie to the Elf Dance. That's right. Yeah. That ends in actually like an elf orgy. <laughs> here's the thing about elves no one knows this but they're fucking well here's another christmas fact for you 4800 elves die every year from christmas related accidents yeah mostly because like you know they're building like things that are much larger than them so every once in a while one of them just gets fucking crushed by a bike tire and there's a hard learning curve too with the ipad and the ipod oh yeah speaking as a person who works in and in, in uh tech repair Sometimes you just touch something, get electrocuted. Just happens. It's a real thing. Sufjan Stevens, he's not the guy that changed his name, right? Cat Stevens. That's guy. Yeah, that's Yusuf. I can see where you're kind of going there. Yusuf Islam. Islam and Sufjan and Yusuf and you know, there's a lot of that's, that's what's happening. A lot man. of consonants going on there. That's what's happening. Twenty one. Twenty one. Bob Dylan. Christmas in the Heart, 2009. 2009? That's late a, for Bob Dylan. He like That's when he decided to put out a Christmas album. That's when he finally sold out. It took him 40, 50 years, but he finally sold out in 2009. Anything good on there? Any any good Christmas mainstays? Or was he just like fucking covering Pogue songs? Well, Shane McGowan, rest in peace. I don't know if we've said that. How did that man reach that age? He was only 65. He was a notorious... Big time alcoholic, like crazy, like, like next crazy level. Alcohol. Like he had no teeth in in his mouth because he puked and drank so much. And yeah, the acid eroded them. They're gone. How did he make it that far? Good for him. Irish, Irish, Irish music. Oh, on a side note, did you know that Belinda Carlisle of Go Go's fame 
Okay, Belinda. Heaven Heaven is a place on earth. Yeah. She was the, not original, but one of the early drummers for the germs. Really? Yeah. That is crazy. Just found that out the other day. Okay. Wild stuff. Belinda Carlisle. She had more a stage name like the rest of the germs, you know. They, you yeah, know, like Snot. Yeah, yeah. Booger. Yeah. Fart. Yeah, you, got, you got Pat Schmier. Yeah. You got, uh, what was, what was, what's the woman's name in that? God, I'm blanking right now. But yeah, they all had stage names. She had a stage name, too. She wasn't just Belinda Carlisle. But I just found out that the other day. Really interesting. It does look like on, on this Bob Dylan um, album that a lot of them are like Bob Dylan post-war pop tunes about Christmas. All right, fair enough. I mean, whatever. The guy gets to do whatever he wants. He's doing his thing. He's a legend. At number 20, coming in at number 20, we have New Wave Christmas. Just can't get enough. Just can't get 1996. I just can't get enough. Ho, ho. I just can't get enough. It's a collection of 80s new wave compilations of of hits and oddball UK Christmas singles. Oh, you know the Pogues are on that. Absolutely. There's a lot going on in here. Bowie's on it. This has the Bowie. This has the Bowie and Bing Crosby duet of the peace on earth. Like it's got the recording of it on it or a cover of it. The cover. The cover of the the piece on Earth. No, it has a recording of them doing it. That's wild. For any of you who've never seen that, I, I highly encourage you to look up David Bowie and Big Crosby doing a fucking Christmas duet. It's powerful stuff. It's, it's like weird. you don't think it's going to be as good as it is because it's really fucking good. It's good. It's yeah. great. Do you remember what they did that on? Like some oh, some. No. I think maybe the Steve Allen show. Johnny Carson. I think it might even be like pre Carson. Mm. Jimmy Walnut. Yeah, Jimmy Walnut and the, the, the saxophone band. <laughs> Ironically, no saxophone. I got another Christmas fact for you. Okay. In Japan, people eat KFC on Christmas. I've heard that, yeah. Uh, and this is not a Simpsons fact, like uh, annual gift man who lives on the moon. This is a, this is a real <laughs> fact that KFC, you have to actually pre-order your KFC for Christmas like a month in advance in order to get it. I drove past the KFC that's down the street from us the other day, and I was looking at a big sign for the Festive Feast. Ooh, Festive Feast. Well, I was talking to, uh, we had a, a, we talked about it on a previous podcast, we had a estranged brother come and visit us, and he was blown away that uh, KFCs in Canada do not have biscuits. I'm blown away. They're delicious. They should have them. They should have some, for, some form of uh, corn fritter, <laughs> corn-based uh, snack. We need more corn-based <laughs> snacks, you know? Popeye's has them. Oh, yeah, Popeye's. They, you know. There was a time where it was, I think it was around, like, lockdown, where I accidentally, I ordered, it wasn't Popeye's. I think it was, the, we have a we have a chicken joint out here called Chicken on the Way. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was Chicken on the Way that I ordered, and I accidentally put the order in twice. And it was a big, oh. crazy order. It was a big, fucking stoned order to begin with, <laughs> where I had all these, like, uh, corn biscuits. I had, like... F- three orders of corn corn Jesus fritters Christ. oh yeah i ended up with like six boxes of them you just like living off in a box corn and i just lived off the fritters for days merry christmas <laughs> oh, oh number 19 i don't know about this fucking list i'm starting to wish that i didn't trust the rolling stone here and yeah. that i got like sales numbers okay even though that that's a, that's irrelevant now because no one's buying anything okay before we move on there's a couple christmas albums that are formative for me and if they're not on this list we're dumping this whole fucking episode. Well, what's what's on there? Boney M? Boney M for Christmas? Boney M Christmas. You need uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Well, Charlie Brown Christmas. Vince Garaldi Vince Trio. Vince Garaldi Trio. This is a classic. Yep. You need, uh, uh, what's that other one? Oh, uh, the Bad Religion Christmas album. 
absolutely spectacular. It's very good. It's shockingly it's a, great. It's a late entry. I think that was like 2015. Yeah. If it's not on there, I riot. I could see it not being on there. I mean, it's classic renditions of Christmas carols in bad religion punk rock style. It's very good. Yeah. It's I very mean, good. I better be on there. What about Mariah Carey? All I want for Oof. Christmas is you, maybe? Oh, man, I can't. I... I Working in retail for years. Look, though, that's the modern, that's the modern Christmas classic. People love that song. That song has sold so many copies. It's been streamed so many times. It's one of the more modern songs that has become a classic Christmas song. It's true. At this point now, it's what, like 20 years old? Maybe it's probably more. It's more that. than that. You think so? I think so. I think I she think released that one in her first you heyday. Think 2003 that came out. Let's see. Let's we're find gonna, out. We're going to go to the tape. Let's find out. I listened to a podcast for a long time, a sports podcast, and uh, one of their uh, rejoiners, which is the the interstitials they play after a commercial break, had all I want for Christmas. It had the peak of that song. All I want for Christmas is Roy. Roy. And Roy, I Roy, can't hear Roy. that song without thinking of that. And when you quote that out loud to someone, no one knows what you're talking about. That Mariah Carey Christmas album. 2004. October 28th. Okay. 1994. Whoa, really? So we are coming up. That's 10 years on. We are coming up on next year will be 30 years. Next year will be 30 years of Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Somebody give it to her. Of Dave Matthews Band taking a big old shit. Or sorry, 20 years of Dave Matthews Band (laughs) taking a big old shit on a bunch of fucking festive summer. (laughs) Unsuspecting festive summer folk. Right? Yeah, we we did not mention on the last episode that they were all dressed up like Santa. <laughs> well, that's now because it's Christmas. Yeah, right. It's like a it's like a skin. It's like yeah, a Christmas yeah, yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Winamp. Number nineteen is CeeLo Green's what CeeLo Magic Moment two thousand twelve. I don't remember that at all. We worked in a no, music store. No, you remember it if you see it. Well, let's, let's, let's show me this album. Jumping all over the place. Oh boy. This one, it's got the purple. CeeLo's like oh, driving yes. a caddy. He's got some horse pulling him, pulling his sleigh. He's a reindeer. He's actually not driving. There's a reindeer driving. Hands on the wheel. Driving. He's grabbing. He's he's gripping. CeeLo's gripping the the window. That reindeer's a driver though. Like he's yeah. He's got a nice little tux on. He's got the white gloves. He's wearing a fez hat. Is he or is that just the overflow of the <laughs> Santa ish bag behind him? It could be like a Santa hat too, on him. Yeah, this is really odd. I mean, I guess I guess if you just want to rock out with CeeLo for Christmas. I feel like he's just capitalizing after fuck you here. He just is like, I got to fucking pop out a Christmas album and make some more money. It says that Christina Aguilera swings by for a jazzy, baby, it's cold outside. No, oh, I could I get that. Where CeeLo Green injects the line, baby, it's bad out there. No cabs to be had out there. You can't run there with their CeeLo Green. What, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Muppets? Does it say Muppets? There's Muppets on this album? It's, I mean, it says Muppets here. It says... Uh, all I need is love? It says with a, It says all I need is love with the Muppets <laughs> interpolates the Sesame Street classic Menomina into a hip-hop soul jam. And CeeLo okay. locks in with Rod Stewart and New Orleans Hornman. What the fuck? Trombone Shorty. What? For a super smooth Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, baby. baby. Oh, yeah. I think I... Heard that Rod Stewart belt note. Merry Christmas, baby. So I guess he does Menomina on there too. Oh, shit. Oh, right, here's one. Oh, that you're here's love. a classic. Number eighteen, Zoe Deschanel. 
She and him. She and him. A she and him Christmas. She and him Christmas. Man, talk about squee girls loving albums. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyone, I sold a lot oh. of this garbage. Anyone who doesn't know, Zoe Deschanel, the new girl. She was the new girl. Although, if you look Bones it up. Bones' sister. If you look it up, you'll be surprised to find out, too. New girl started in 1994. Almost 30 <laughs> years now. Zoe Deschanel, a lot older than you think. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about them. I've never really liked her music. No, it's just very, like, you know, whispery, folky, bony bear rip-offness, you know, yeah. that was really popular well, in the indie scene in the 2010s. They're good at what they do. That She partners, it's a duet with M. Ward, right? And he does, he, he has his whole career as well. It's true. But uh, it's not really my my jam, but if you like Zoe, Zooey Deschanel shit. Zooey. They, you're going to dig this. They good do, for her. They do cover the Beach Boys Christmas Day. What's what's Zoe Deschanel up to these days? I haven't seen her in a while. She seemed like she was really popular for a bit there and then just disappeared off the face of the earth. New Girl season 39. Man, I can't wait for Old Girl. I know, me too. It's going to be so great. Uh, middle-aged girl. Shit. Number 17, we got Christmas on Death Row. Oh, I love this album. I played this uh, at a Christmas party. Yep. My annual Christmas party. I played this whole album on repeat one year. <laughs> it was like 2017. It's fucking wild. This is a wild uh, album. There's uh, some weird-ass selections on that, because they really bring in everyone on Death Row to make a Christmas song, and everyone is doing their best, question mark? I don't fucking know. And this is Suge Knight era Death Row, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very 90s, like, uh, very 90 West Coast beats. You know, we're talking, like, chronic era beats. And, in fact, the only person who's really not there is Dr. Drake. Yeah. he had already parted ways at this point. It's true. We got to one day do a big Suge Knight episode. Oh, man. There's so much to, you know, it's, it's we've talked about doing themed months, and I think Suge Knight would be a good one. Call it Sugest. Sugest. Shogest. Shogest. Sugtember. Uh, yeah, or Suge... Uh, uh, running Running through all the months right now. Suge May is pretty uh, good. I don't think we get better than Suge May. Shug, you think Suge May? I think Sugest. That just sounds a little Shug Jewish. March. It sounds super Jewish. Yeah. Which is fine. It, it, nothing wrong with that. It's fine, you know. Number 16, we have the Carpenters Christmas Collection. Oh, that's a good classic. That's a good one. one. Yeah. I think this is a good one to be, to be in there. It's like, you know... I like the Carpenters. A lot they're of they're us, easy to shit on. Yeah. But, you know, I think the Carpenters have kind of aged well. They did what they did, and they did it right. My mom is a little older, so she listened to things like Carpenters and stuff when I was growing up. And, you know, it resonates with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. Jesus was a Carpenter. Jesus was a Carpenter. Han Solo was a Carpenter. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. You know? Number 15, Johnny Cash, Christmas. With Johnny Cash, 2003. I know that album. I don't really love that one. His vocal stylings don't really work for me for Christmas. What he should do, or should have done, was a Halloween album. You see, do you see oh, him man. singing Monster Mash? I, that's what I mean. Fuck let's up. do all this the monster is songs. Why AI is needed in society so we can get mm-hmm. Johnny I Cash. I want Johnny Cash doing the Climate Mash. <laughs> I want him doing Monster Swim. I want the Monster Rap. Shock, Shock the, body. the body. Shock the body body. Shock the body body. Yeah, well, this is a collection that Sony Legacy put together and released of songs cut between 1962 and 1980. Because 2003, is Johnny Cash dead yet? No, because Hurt. No. Hurt, Hurt's right around there. Again, I think Hurt's in the 90s. No, Hurt's. 
The original is. The original is. Yeah. But Johnny Cash singing Hurt is right around there. It's right around 03. We're 15 at that point. 2002. There you go. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. And he's not alive for too much after that, right? Maybe 2010? Uh, no, not that long. No. I think he's like, and he's a little infirmed for a bit and then dies. 2003. Oh, shit. September well, 12th, me. 2003. Oh, so he died and they were like, finally, we can release this Christmas album. That this Christmas album. Yeah, because it came out in 2003. You have to think that it probably did follow his death. Absolutely. Know? We've yeah. seen it working in record sales all the time. When David Oof. Bowie died, it was just like they were just putting everything together. I worked as a receiver at that music store, and we would just like, when Tina Turner died, we just got so many Tina Turner CDs because they were like, well, now's our time to unload everything. Let's jack the price up double. Well, do you remember? I don't even know if we should say this, but at this point, I mean, whatever. But. When David Bowie, because anyone who was around back into back in 2016 and a fan of David Bowie, you'll remember that there was no mention of David Bowie being sick or having cancer or anything like that. Yeah, he just kind of pieced out. And it was very quiet until the day he died. And then his uh, his album Black Star was released as well, right? Yeah. Now, Which is an album about coping with death. It's a very spooky album. It's, it's a, a very, great album. It's a very good album. A very underrated not an easy listen i think it's rated pretty well it's not it's not an easy listen it's a tough listen and it's a great way to artistically end your career but it is dark as fuck but when we were working at that record store black star remember black star showed up like a month or two we received it a month or two before david bowie died and it just said to be it said to be announced did it yeah it I just don't said remember that it just said it just had uh Release date to be announced on it, so we just like packed it away and sat on it. Oh, but boy. it, they were waiting for him to die. For him to die, shit. But I think that's what he wanted. Yeah, he was like, yeah, like we'll release it right after. I don't remember that, but it does check out. It did happen. It was, it was a great album, one of the best albums about just death and coping with your existence. So yeah, you know, what? I'm just gonna acknowledge this here while we're at the halfway point. Can you guys just hear that vacuum the whole time? I think they might be able to. Because, like, it's kind of far away. We'll find out. I really thought the vacuuming would last less than solid 15 minutes is going on for now. I can probably get most of it out. I mean, either way. Christmas fact, Santa has his own postcode. Yeah, H-O-H-O-H-O. Ho, 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 ho. It's on on all the mailboxes in Canada if you look close enough. Did you ever used to write letters to Santa? I did a couple times. I got out of Santa pretty early. Did you ever write letters to, like, the official Santa where you mail it off to the North Pole? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I got a response. Yeah. Me yeah. too. And who's... What, what is that job? Just, I think it's a volunteer position where you're just like, I'm going to... Can't be volunteer. There's so... That's just such high volumes. That's more than a Dave what Matthews tour bus. It's not automated. It was a handwritten note I got back. I feel like they were automated. They were handwritten? I'm pretty sure it was handwritten. I could be wrong. I might be, might be projecting a memory, but... Santa actually wrote you a fucking letter, is what you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, before he died. Well, of course. You know, he died in 95. He was real up until I was seven. Was it 94? Oh. Yeah, oh shit, yeah. We should probably look that was up. It then after Santa died, they released the Mariah Carey album. That's right, yes. They were yes, sitting yes, on it for a while. Yeah. Oh, here, here, this is a good one. Number 14 is a very special Christmas, 1987. Very generic oh, t- title, yeah. but when you see... The album art, if you're someone who spent a lot of time around records or a lot of time around Christmas. Yeah, that, guy, that, that, art, that guy's got a name. He's very 90s coffee shop. 
Yeah. Does it have a? Uh, does it have the name of the artist on it? Weird way to explain it. It's. Uh, but it's no. true. That is '90s coffee shop written all over it. That art style is like super prevalent in the '90s. Like the lots of lots of mugs, lots of T-shirts, lots of art prints from your weird aunt. And they released a bunch of these very special Christmases. Yeah, they did. Yeah, there was at least three. So this was an all-star benefit album for the Special Olympics in 1987. No, no idea. So, okay, 97. So all-star 97 for Special Olympics. So you've got to have, like, well, this Cheryl is, Crow. This is the, the, the thing. that this you is, got uh, Bruce Springsteen. This is put together by record industry titan Jimmy Iovine. This is according to the Rolling Stones. Iovine? Iovine. Don't fucking ask me who he okay. is because we don't know right now. So he, he had a lot of pull. Right? So he was able to get... Oh, yeah, there we go. We got Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that's where that Merry Christmas Baby comes from. Yep. That, 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 you know, the Merry Christmas Baby, which I believe I falsely attributed to Rod Stewart earlier. You two doing Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. Don't remember that one. What else we going to go? John Cougar Mellencamp, the post, pre- post-Cougar. The Pretenders, Run DMC. This is where Christmas in Hollis comes from. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Yeah, it's a classic album. It's a big favorite of a lot of people. Lots of classics come off of that. Number 13, we got Frankie Sinatra, A Jolly Christmas. Oh, is that the one where he looks like a fucking mannequin on the cover? From Frank Sinatra, 1957. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it is. He kind of looks like a manic. He looks like a wax figure of, uh, what's her name? Uh, The girl from Arrested Development. Liza Minnelli. Yes. He looks like a wax figure of Liza Minnelli. I was going to say Liza Minnelli before you even said Arrested (laughs) Development, because he does look like that. I mean, what do you have to say about Sinatra? Old blue eyes. Old blue eyes. Old stinky fingers. (laughs) Little little, little Frankie Johnny. Keep him going. Mikey's, Mikey's son. Uh, 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 the, The ghost of, the ghost of Roger Corman. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the, the original Spider-Man, uh, 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 the, the, the Catskills Crusader, uh, the, the, the arch, the archbishop of the Rat Pack, um, uh, 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 uh snow, snowman's delight, uh, 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 uh skin fucker. <laughs> what else you got for me here? Coca-Cola played a major part in developing Santa's image as we know it today. Not even, not, not, not even like almost exclusively. Yeah. They just basically were like, this is what he looks like. He's going to drink Coke and hang out with polar bears. I was talking about this so with my buy Coke. co-worker today because we, we were talking about uh, people who don't like Christmas. And I find it weird. We were talking about that at the beginning of the episode, top of the episode. I find it weird, but yes, like it is like. The most commercial holiday. It makes no sense. Jesus was not born on December 25th. Says you. It's a ridiculous fucking stretch to make when given all empirical evidence from the Bible. It's clearly just like them co-opting a pagan ritual for the winter equinox. Says you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the Santa as we know him is basically entirely propagated by Coca-Cola. Like obviously they've taken parts of St. Nicholas and that 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 aspect of him and kind of co-opted him into a, a new thing which it's just really weird to consider christmas like a, a a religious holiday at all at this point i mean obviously we're white men in our 30s in i would North say america so clearly yeah. we're a little biased i would say it is obvious but 
it really doesn't have anything, especially for me growing up, it really had nothing to do with religion. Well, number 12 on the list is The Ventures, The Ventures Christmas Album from 1965. I don't know this one. Well, off the top of my head, it does look familiar. It does, but I'm not sure I recognize that actual title. Ventures, of course, are a surf rock band from the 60s. They do a lot of Christmas classics in their surf rock style. We got Jingle Bell Rock, Santa Claus Coming to Town, White Christmas, all the standards. Need it. Uh, Hit me with number 11. Number 11, Willie Nelson. Ooh. Pretty Paper. Pretty Paper. 1979. I don't know this one either. I guess he must be alluding to, uh, like, wrapping paper. So in the Stones article here, they say in 1963, when he was still an aspiring songwriter, Nelson penned the tenderly ironic Pretty Paper, which became a hit for Roy Orbison. Mm. 16 years later... His own in-the-cut version of the song foregrounded Nelson's first album of traditional Christmas music. You mentioning Roy Orbison just spawned a memory that a week ago I had a dream. Oh, no. Was <laughs> Roy Orbison in it? Kinda. I had a dream I was in like a post-apocalyptic, futuristic, Tron-like world <laughs> where there was a giant orb with glasses named Roy Orbison. I am the Orbison. And that is exact. He went, I am Roy Orbison. And I believe I woke up at that point. And I have not thought about that <laughs> since I had that dream. <laughs> <laughs> Obey your Orbison. I think I woke up, looked at my watch. It was 5 a.m. And I'm like, hey, I got like four more hours to sleep sick. And then I went back to bed. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Number 10, we got Ella Fitzgerald, Ella Wishes You a Swingin' Christmas from 1960. Roy Orbison, more blind than Stevie Wonder. So now we got Ella Fitzgerald here, <laughs> wishing you a swingin' Christmas. This is a classic. My mom was a big fan of this one. Mm-hmm. This was on repeat. If you like We that. are getting dangerously close. We're in the top 10 now. We're in the top 10, and none of the three... Christmas albums I have cited have been mentioned. I swear to fucking Christ. <laughs> kind of a weird thing to say on the Christmas episode. I swear to God on Jesus swear Christ. To, swear, none of these things mean anything. You say you swear to Santa. No, I would never say that. That would be say way it. too. Nope. I swear, <laughs> swear to sort of the Earl of Earth. That's swear, a little yeah. deep cut for you Rick and Morty fans out there. Swear on like an elf or something. Um, Saint Vitus. I swear on Will Ferrell's portrayal of Elf. Okay. Buddy the Elf. Bubby? Buddy. <laughs> not, not Bubby. That would be a little too Jewish for Elf. Um, so is you. If, if, if Peanuts isn't on there, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to flip this table and this episode's never getting released. Well, check out Elf Gerald's Christmas albums. Lots of classics. Jingle Bells, Let It Snow. Good stuff. Number nine. Soul Christmas. Oh, man. From 1968. This sounds amazing and the album art looks even better. The album art looks like a Walmart flyer from 92. I love this. Look at this weird calendar. <laughs> What's yeah. with the calendar? You look up the album art for Soul Christmas. This is well, the calendar's got December and twenty five. That's the day of Christmas. What is this rejected? Uh, this guy with the top hat. <laughs> I don't know, King Curtis. Remember, uh, Mister, like Mister Sleepy, and 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 Miss Angry. What were those people called? The the people people. The Mister the, the Mister and Mrs. Grumpy Pants books. Yeah, sure, yeah. Mister and Mrs. Books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like. It does look like Mister Top Hat. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Dr. John. <laughs> Mr. Christmas Dr. John. It does look like Christmas Dr. John. Uh, the stars of Atlantic Records R&B roster came together for this 1968 album, The Soul Christmas. 
The best rock and roll Christmas albums stay true to tradition while spinning it in fun new directions. Mm. And this perfects that balance. Otis Redding Get it. does a slow, heart-weary white Christmas. Oh, sounds sad. <laughs> and a satisfied Southern Fried. Oh, that seems weird to say. Merry Christmas, baby. Oh, Southern Fried? Come on, guys. Use some better adjectives here. While Carla Thomas spins her signature hit, Gee Whiz, <laughs> into the fireplace stoking forget-me-not. Gee whiz, it's Christmas. That just sounds like you just added Christmas onto a, a, an existing hit. It's like just being like, Weekend's got a new song out. It's called, it's called, uh, I can't feel my face when I'm with you this Christmas. Gee whiz, I can't feel my face this <laughs> Christmas. Um, and I do want to mention that there's, there's also, uh, Clarence Carter's Backdoor Santa is the name of the song. I love Clarence Carter. I be stroking. I stroke it to the east, and I stroke it to oh, the west, this, this and I song. stroke it to the woman that I love the best. I'll be I'm stroking. Have we talked about this song on this No, series? we haven't. Guys, do yourself a favor. Look up Stroking by Clarence Carter. There, There's just a, a moment where, well, I think there's a couple parts of the song where he just goes into spoken word, and he's like, have you ever been with a woman? <laughs> have you ever been with a woman in the back of a car? Or Christmas? I feel like we've definitely... You know what? I think we have covered this on an early episode. (laughs) But do yourself a favor. Look it up. It's wild. It's wild that the song exists and is, like, popular. It's crazy. It's just a nutty, nutty song. We do have some lyrics here for... um, (laughs) For Strokin'. For Strokin'. We do have some lyrics from Backdoor Santa. Oh, boy. That is so on brand for Clarence Carter. I ain't like old Saint Nick. He don't come but once a year. I ain't like old St. Nick. He don't come but once a year. (laughs) I come running with my presents every time you call me, dear. And it's honestly, it's pretty, um, it's a pretty humble lyric. You guys, you expect some sort of, he knows what he's saying. He knows what he's saying. He knows what he's saying. Uh, number eight, we have Bing Crosby. White oh, Christmas. Just an absolute ba, ba, fucking ba, 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 banger. What a banger of an album. Well, Bing Crosby, isn't he famously a banger of uh, his wife? <laughs> Do you mean like sex or punching? Punching. Yeah. 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 And also sex, though. And, you know. Huge hog. He's a hogsman. How do you know this? I just made that up. <laughs> but no, but he, he... I missed my opportunity. He we did were... have a domestic abuse thing, didn't he? Yeah, probably. They all did. They okay. were all banging their wife. Like fucking Sean Connery when he told... What was it? it was it might have been Playboy, but I also think it might have been like Inside Edition or like People, where he was just like it was like Barbara. It was like Barbara Walters. Yeah, you gotta go give her a smack. Yeah, they were all horrible human beings. It was. It was Sean Connery said that I think to like an interview, People Magazine or something, and then I think Barbara Walters brought it up. Men in are a, monsters. A, well, Sean Connery. Every man before 1990 is a monster. This is 1986. 1986 is the Bing Crosby If one, you right? had to give me a... If you had to make me name a time, I would have said, like, 69. Well, keep in mind, he did the Bowie thing, right? It's true, but I just thought he was more of a staple of Christmas a lot earlier than 86. Or maybe this was just, like, the definitive album that he released. Listen to this. This is what the Rolling Stone says. Take it as you will. What Jesus is to Christmas, Bing Crosby is to Christmas music. Yeah, cosign. The Irish crooner's 1941 version of Jewish songwriter Irving Berlin. Yep. Dreamy ballad, White Christmas. 
has sold 50 million copies, inspiring covers by everyone from Stiff Little Fingers yep. to New Kids on the Block. False. Seven decades later, his vocal, style, his vocal style remains the template for elegant ease and stately sentimentality. Yeah, fair. I agree. Yeah, me too. That's all I have to say about it. So let's go to number seven. <laughs> well, seven doesn't even have a title. <laughs> so I mean, like it's the Beach Boys. That's for sure. <laughs> number seven is the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're having some technical issues. <laughs> the website here. was kind of shit. It's Christmas. We got reindeers everywhere. Oh, reindeers. We got a Christmas fact coming in. Oh, we got a <laughs> hot Christmas fact. We got a hot Christmas fact. The eight tiny reindeers, Tyler, yep. have actually had lots of different names throughout yep. time. Yeah, you got Glizzy. And uh... well, Glizzy got kicked off the squad <laughs> because he was sucking down too many hot dogs. You got Torbo. You got McMellon. You got, oh, actually, I think one of the McNugget buddies originally started as a reindeer. <laughs> the Fry Guys. All the Fry Guys. Oh, yeah. Were, yeah absolutely. And also one of the Try Guys was also a reindeer. Yeah, one of the Fly Girls in, in Living <laughs> Color. Living Color. Jennifer Lopez. Who are you even making these jokes for? <laughs> I don't know, but someone, somewhere, is just like, these guys are fucking mailing it. <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted to hear from a Christmas podcast. You know, I got a kid downstairs <laughs> just fucking crying his eyes out. He's with grandma. I'm upstairs. I'm smoking a secret bowl, secret yep. Santa bowl. Got my nog. And I am the audience for this content. Well, Rudolph was almost named Rolo, or also Reginald. Okay. And uh, they, so they've had in just many different like tellings of the stories and whatnot. Sometimes they've been the names have been changed before they were really solidified with things like the Rankin and Bass Christmas special. Yeah. That much like the Coca Cola with the Santa. It's like once you get things in the popular culture and you get kids watching them every year. That's true. It really cements things. Some but, things feel eternal, but they really aren't. But some of the other names that some of the reindeer have had are things such as Flossy, Glossy, <laughs> Glizzy. <laughs> Racer, Pacer, Cummy. Hey, it's Christmas. Hey, he just because he comes when you call him. Stop, Scratcher. Okay, Feckless. Oh God, that's a horrible name for a reindeer. Ready? Okay, steady. All right, and uh, fi- Fireball. Oh, I like Fireball. <laughs> I get behind that. You got all of the other reindeer. Remember when they really pushed that? I remember we were the target market when they were trying to when they launched when they launched that when they launched yeah. all of. They were hitting me hard. Barry Moore. Was she the reindeer? She was all of the other reindeer. Well, that hasn't aged well. I don't think she's in a good place these days. No, she didn't really do well with the strike. <laughs> all right, number six. That Wait, was, no, we didn't. No, even number, number seven. seven was the Beach Boys. We don't got. No, know. the Beach Boys Christmas fucking sucks. Anything coming out of California can suck a dick when it comes no, to Christmas. They have some in orig- a nice way. No, in a negative way, sucking dick, not a problem. Didn't mean to. Yeah, okay, what the God, fuck, I can't man. escape from this. I'm it's sorry, Christmas. I'm sorry, I've fallen into my old patterns here. The 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 album does have lots of Christmas classics, but it does have six originals, like Santa's Beard, yeah, in which Mike Love takes his five year old brother to meet Santa, and the kid and pulls... also Santa's. Never mind. What do you got? Going. What? Come on. What? Santa no. shits all no. over the Chicago. No, it's a song about. It's a. No, never mind. Keep going. It's Mike definitely Lo- not a song Mike... about Santa's wife who is his beard. No, it's not. It's not that. It's about Mike Love taking his five-year-old brother to meet Santa, and the kid pulls the cotton false beard off of St. Nick's face in a life-altering moment of mall-bought 
demystification. Jesus. Okay, Rolling Stone fucking going for a Peabody, huh? Number six is Louis Armstrong and Friends. The best of Christmas songs. That's a good one, too. I like Louis Armstrong quite a bit. Merry Christmas! <laughs> nailed it. Fucking nailed it. I can't say anything, though, after yeah, that. Yeah, don't go out. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to cut the podcast short here. Hey, you to- cool cat! <laughs> what are you doing this holiday, Yuletide season? Give this man an Emmy! <laughs> You nailed it. (laughs) The high point is the finger pop in Christmas night in Harlem. (laughs) When Armstrong growls, Everyone's gonna sit up till after three. Isn't Mel Torme on that album too? I fucking love Mel Torme. Everyone will be all lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh, man, that's incredible. Wow. We just found... <laughs> it's killing him, guys. He's doing this for you. He's, he, he's sacrificing his voice for the art. Number five is a Motown Christmas. Oh, it's another good one, but we are running out of space. We are getting really low. We're in the top five. We Motown only got four Christmas left to go. really good, though. Motown Christmas, 1973. I've enjoyed... I've, I've loved... I love Motown. And I've thrown on the Motown Christmas before. Yep. Lots of good stuff. Great. Not a lot of the really the standout stuff for me because it's almost so good. It just fits into the mold of Christmas, and yeah. uh, and you know, absolutely. There was a 1999 reissue that's on Spotify, and it ends with a country tinged Vietnam era lament. There's so many people on that album. Though. You got like you got like the Jackson Five. I think uh, you got Supremes. You got Supremes. You, you got, got the Temptations. Where the you got the Temptations? You got that fucking liar, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> wow, he says you, but yes, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye. It is the Jacksons at this point, not Jackson Five. Okay, fair enough. And we have the Miracles. Really good album, actually. Diana Ross. Lots of good stuff. Meow, 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 meow. Number four, we got your Charlie Brown Christmas. They don't even credit Vince Guaraldi here. Well, he's in the article. It's but very difficult for me to express how much this album means to me. I know how much it does. It's... I fucking love this album. This is the soundtrack of my Christmas, personally. I love Vince Guaraldi. I love everything he ever put out. It's such a shame he died young. Because I think as he grew in age and the popularity of this music spread, he would have just reached all new level of 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 fame and stardom. Did he die young? He did. Because this album is 1965. He was probably, I think he was like 45 when he died. But he died of like a massive heart attack after a show. He had just started to really gain proper pop because he was like a session musician. He was like a jazz session musician, piano player. Played on a bunch of different albums, kind of finally started getting his own shit together, and then got a lot of fame with the Peanuts, and then just has, like, a massive heart attack, like, right when he starts to, not peak necessarily, but becoming, like, really famous, and I think as they transitioned away from, like, the jazz making a lot of money on, like, live shows, and more on, like, putting compilations, and I I love Vince Girl, I love, like, Visions of Black Orpheus, Get it in your fucking teeth. He just knows all this, people. He's not even looking at anything. He's just, he had this ready to go. Love Vince Guaraldi. I love his style. I love his flow. I love his simplicity, but intricacy. He is the shit. 
I encourage you to get out there and consume as much Vince Guaraldi as you can, especially during Christmas, because this fucking album is the best Christmas album ever. We still have three more albums. None of them are going to be better than this. And what are your other two that you want? Uh, Boney M, which is definitely not going to be on there. <laughs> it might be. Um, but you kind of just pitched that and I went with it. <laughs> I like Boney M. I like the Boney M Christmas album. Me too. Um, and uh, what was the other one I had? Oh, Bla- Bad Religion. Definitely not going to be on there. <laughs> yeah, not in the top three. <laughs> not in the top three. But uh, yeah, this is this is my number one by far with a bullet. Absolutely adore this album. On full repeat all December. Driving my staff crazy. Driving my party goers crazy. I think it's the place for it, though. It's like, it's where else are you playing it? It's just so good. It's so fucking good. And now it's more... I have it on vinyl. I I like to play that. Absolutely Scratch it up. And and now that he's become more popular with time, because I think there's a lot of people from my generation and maybe a generation before that really identify with it, they've they've done a lot more re-releases of his music, and all of it is just fucking great. Absolutely amazing. All right, what do we got for number three? Well, I'm going to need you to just... Pump the brakes a minute because okay. you don't want to talk more about it. I have. We did a whole fucking episode on Vince Raldi. <laughs> I have a hot Christmas fact. Oh, sounds like my fiance is excited too. It's rumored that eggnog originated in medieval Britain. <laughs> Although there's no official confirmation on who invented eggnog, most historians agree that eggnog originated in medieval Britain. Just like I don't even know what eggnog is. Eggnog was an upper class luxury it's since they were. Yolk. Since they were the only ones who had access to the milk, sherry, and eggs required to create the original version. Ooh, sherry. I can see that. Monks in the Middle Ages added figs and eggs and called the drink posset. Nah, it doesn't sound as appealing as eggnog. Eggnog also sounds very unappealing. <laughs> well, the wealthy kept it with the simple recipe and used it for toasts or big events. Hmm. I, I love a good nog. As I get older, though, my body can't handle it. It's so rich. It's so thick. It's got fucking thick-ass cream and yolk. and It is tough. And, you know, I personally... I don't know it on that. But, you know, eggnog <laughs> is great. and It's just thick. It's, it's just like you can't... You can only to... take so many thick things at once. It's true. It's true. <laughs> thick, creamy things like that. Top three. Okay. Number three. James Brown. James Brown's Funky Christmas, 1995. That is a good album. It is not better than peanuts but i will accept that it is a very good album it is very funky it's very funky this is the godfather of funk he puts it on front street he's not lying the album is a very funky christmas no doubt no doubt is not on the album no doubt is not in the top three but no doubt does have the christmas they do cover the the christmas song by the vandals oi to the world oh one of my favorite christmas songs definitely top five well number two is elvis Oh yeah, I guess People White Christmas. Like to suck off. I don't, I'm not a big Elvis guy. Gotta say, not I like Elvis. I mean, I like Elvis. I'm not. A, I'm not huge in Elvis, but I like I Elvis. It. I get it. You know, I get it. But I'm not a big Elvis guy. You know, it's like sometimes people talk about Beatles to me, and I want to punch them in the face. That's how I kind of feel about Elvis, but in reverse. I think I talk about talk shit about Elvis. And people are like, "How dare you?" But Elvis, you know, Elvis is revolutionary and. Yeah, he definitely and was revolutionary in stealing music from black people. He was. He was. <laughs> he was really good well, at however that. However you put it, he did it. So was the Rolling Stones, the creators of this list. I'm looking at you, Keith Richards. Urban Berlin, the author of White Christmas. Yep. 
was so scandalized by Elvis's 1957 version of, of the song of White Christmas that he tried to get it banned from the radio. I know this is loser. this is what uh, this is now. I mean, not this is all Rolling Stone. Was it just because he was too throaty? Well, this is what a, this is what uh, Rolling Stone says here. Sorry, Irv. <laughs> Instead, Elvis's Christmas album topped the Billboard charts for a month and went on to sell nearly twenty million copies in various editions. Good editorializing there. Sorry, Irv. He's dead, man. He's a dead man. Eat shit, motherfucker. He's dead. No, no, no he's still alive. Irvin Berlin. Yeah, he's like one hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> Is kept alive with the Christmas spirit. Oh, oh. now number one. What do you think number one is? Did oh, it's definitely bad religion. Christmas, <laughs> bad religion. Christmas. I think is. Like, uh, could be Boney M. It's a good bet. Definitely more likely to be Boney M. I'd like to th- throw some honorable mentions out there if anyone doesn't know Christopher Lee, the actor <laughs> who yeah. you know played Count Dooku in the Star Wars. He played Soruman. I'm pretty in sure Lord you mean Darth Tyrannus. I did mean that. Thank you for the correction. Yeah, that's right. He released a series of heavy metal Christmas albums just near the end of his life. Wild stuff. Are really good. If you look them up, the first the album art you're going to find is going to look fake. It looks <laughs> it like does. a horrible photoshopped fake job, but it is 100% real. And it is pretty much just heavy metal renditions of like Silent Night by Christopher Lee just going, Silent Night. <laughs> very, very throaty. Really. <laughs> Really good it's stuff. It's guttural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do we want? We, have, we shot up. We showed a Boney M and Bad Religion multiple times. I can't believe Christmas on Death Row was on that list, honestly, because yeah. that album does kind of suck. Like it's great in a campy way, but it's really not that spectacular of an album, and it's up there. I think there's a. I think they really uh, kind of abandoned the country aspects of Christmas. There's a lot of good country albums that were. Yeah. What did we have on the list? Uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah, that's pretty much it. For country Christmases. But it was sort of all over the place, genre-wise. I got Stomp and Tom Christmas. Wow, that's Canadian classic. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I'm kind of doing a little bit of a... of a, What do you call it? I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you love him. You love him. You love him so much. Uh, David Lynch. David Lynch. I was doing a little bit of a David Lynch thing going on there. That was not, not very correct. Yeah, anyone who doesn't know Stomp and Tom Connors, he's basically Canadian Johnny Cash. He's better. Yeah, he's definitely better. Uh, he stomped a lot on the, on a piece of wood for his drum beat. Hence his name. And he would sing songs about every Canadian little town. You can drive across Canada and every town you go through has a Stomp and Tom song about him. Yep. Tilsonburg. My back still aches when I hear that word. Way down southern Ontario. We should do a Stomp a Tom episode. I mean, again, who are we doing any of this for? I have no idea, but again, one person is just loving every second of this. <laughs> and it's definitely not Will. It's not. No, he's he is not. It's not Will. Uh, what, what do we got for number one? Number one. Number one. A Christmas gift for you. Oh my god, the Phil Spector Christmas album. From Phil Spector. Wow, 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 wee wow. 1963. I mean, I don't agree with it, but it is a top five, maybe. No, you're wrong because it is it is one of the best ever. It is. It doesn't. <sighs> it has nothing to do with what Phil Spector went on to do. It's yeah. What would it got on there? Why do they justify it as a number one here? Well, they write not just the greatest Christmas record ever, but a bona fide pop classic in its own right 
Okay. Rolling Stone named it number 142. Oh, cool. Citing your own website. Awesome. In, a, in our list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Okay, yeah, sure. Spectre's Wall of Sound production adds grandeur and drama, while the Phillies... While the record crew... <laughs> while the record's crew lights up the holiday hit parade with rock and roll fire. While the Phillies... Record crew lights up the holiday hit parade with rock and roll fire. The Crystals party under the chimney on Santa Claus is coming to town. Ronnie Spector turns like fuck all this, man. Didn't he like eat a baby or something? I don't know, something like that. He had that weird, weird hair. Like, he looked like, like a giant Q-tip. You know what was he? Let's what was he actually up to? Bill Spector is just a you know he's a he's a record producer that revolutionized the industry and also killed somebody. Yeah, I think he was eating babies. You know, he did Beatles stuff. He ate a baby uh he invented am radio <laughs> um yeah so you know he uh he shot actress lana clarkson and murdered her right this is a really uh really, it's one of the phil really spectre story way to end our christmas episode I, it is but i want to i want to pull the the current back here the whole the phil spectre thing is something that i haven't really done a lot of research on because i've been saving it there's a few of these topics Yep. That are that are that are bigger. Yep. Thicker. Yep. Well, sound almost. And they just take a little bit more, and I've sort of been piling them on the back burner. And now I got a bunch of Phil Spectors and Tupac and Biggies, and they're all piling yeah. on top of me. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Suge Knight. You mentioned that earlier. Suge Knight. But I, I, the Phil Spector one is interesting. It's kind of fun for me. Yeah. Because I don't know it. Yeah. And I've kept it that way. You're so far removed from it. Well, now it's like now I've learned that Lana Clarkson died, and it's Christmas. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but he made that Christmas album. I mean, he produced it. He's not even making music on it, but he did such a great job that everyone loves it. No, they love his producing. You know, he did that thing with the wall. That's why they love him. Christmas decorating sends nearly fifteen thousand people to the ER every year. I that tracks. I mean, you know, you got a lot of ladders. <laughs> you got a lot of electricity. You got a lot of uh, pointy trees. People putting their eyes out. <laughs> Most recent estimates are that 14,700 people visit hospital emergency rooms each November and December from holiday-related decorating accidents, which is about 240 injuries per day. The most common accidents involve falling lacerations and back strains. So that's who killed the radio star Christmas episode 2023 for you. Merry Christmas! Don't forget to hoe your hose. Whatever and that means. Deck your halls. And don't forget to eat a big old Christmas ham. I want you to slather mm. it up with some Carolina gold barbecue sauce. Woo-hoo. Make sure you add some extra mustard on the side for that tangy treat that grandma will go, hey, where'd you get that <laughs> recipe from? Think about that next time, hmm? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Stay safe out there. Don't touch the male end of a light bulb. (laughs) Because it'll get you. It'll ruin your Christmas.